Hello and welcome to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome to our viewers, to our listeners on the radio and on our podcast. Today we're going to be talking about two things. Erie Gives coming up on Tuesday, August 9th, how you can give to your favorite local causes and multiply those gifts. But we're also going to be talking about a broader view of investment in our region, a new investment playbook called Erie's Inclusive Growth, a framework for action to learn more about what that all means for a regional strategy. My guests today are Karen Villawith, President and CEO of the Erie Community Foundation, and Kim Thomas, Director for Erie's Inclusive Growth through the Nonprofit Partnership. Welcome to both of you. Thank you so much, Lisa. All right, we have a lot to get to, but first, just broadly, Erie, like all places, is pulling out of COVID, dealing with inflation right now. So, uh, Karen, I'll start with you. Will all of the unified efforts that we know about and some new ones coming online, will they help the community during this challenging time? Are we going to make, are these things going to work considering what we're up against? Absolutely, and actually these two different topics that we're talking about may seem a little disparate, but really they are connected. Erie Gives is a way that anyone can participate to help our nonprofits, which as you know, were really part of the way that we went through the pandemic and now as, re as we recover, they're really important as well. And then this, the investment playbook is our way to not only recover, but also to grow in an inclusive way. So I think that um, they will be successful, and as you said, they are collaborative in nature, so that will also help our community come together around these issues. And Kim, you've been in this uh, space of strategizing for the region for a long time, but we are, even though everybody says we're rowing together, we are up against some challenging economic times right now. Oh, you're absolutely right, Lisa, and I think uh, that this is a way for our community, for the leadership in our community, the various organizations to really get organized and be prepared to take advantage of this very moment. And in order to do that, that's why the investment playbook was created. So I know you are in a new role, Kim, as director of the new playbook, Erie's Inclusive Growth, that's the whole big long name. Yes. A framework for action, I gotta add that part on too. So explain to people what it really is. So it is a document of 35 identified transformational projects. Um, Bruce Katz and Florian Shalyal of New Localism Associates authored this playbook for us. And it's really about taking advantage of this opportunity ahead of us with the $1.2 trillion that was released in the American uh, Rescue Plan, as well as the $1.9 trillion in the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. There's a lot of money out there and a lot of question as to how that should be allocated in order to allow our communities to recover after this pandemic. So these transformational investments have been identified to take advantage of that opportunity and be ready when those investment opportunities arise. So uh, Bruce Katz, we know, is the author of The New Localism. He's a lover of Erie. Yes. You already explained what his role is in this. But um, you know, in some ways, we know this money had to be, um, people had to have a plan for this money in order to get it or get the next installment. So are these? 35 things, things that we're already going to get some of this money, or is this a reorganization of where the money is going? Explain that. It's, it's a little bit of both. So I think that um, when Bruce was going through this process with dozens of stakeholders in the community interviewing various organizational leaders, elected officials, um, you know, all the people who have been involved in this type of work over the years, he was 
taking into um, consideration the work that they were doing, uh, as well as all of the plans that have been created for Erie over the years, whether it's Erie Refocused or the Downtown Master Plan or the Neighborhood Organization Plans, whatever that is. Um, so he was taking all of that into consideration. So they are some projects that are already receiving some of these federal resources, whether it's through the city's ARPA dollars, the county's ARPA dollars, um, but also some more exploratory items uh, that really need um, a set of individuals around the table discussing those and exploring those further, identifying ad additional research opportunities to get to a place where there are projects that can be ready for those dollars. So do you wanna give us a few examples of what's on that list of, of 35, and then they got on the list just as uh, Katz and Florian talked to the stakeholders, 50-some stakeholders. Was it the things that bubbled to the top the most? And how do we prevent these groups from being competitive with each other, I guess? Sure, yes, yeah. <laughs> which is a challenge. So to that point, um, these projects were identified because of the, it's being dictated by the federal dollars that are going to be available. So knowing what types of dollars, what types of activities those dollars will be invested into, those are the type of types of projects that really bubble to the top um, so that we're ready. Um, you know, really we're taking a look, so they're really in seven different buckets. So we have identified cross-cutting sector um, opportunities such as infrastructure investment, broadband investment, uh, inclusive entrepreneurship is another one of those, uh, as well as um, the clusters. So one of the projects that came out of the uh, discussions really focused on a previous Build Back Better application between Penn State Barron, Gannon University, Wabtec, uh, Impact Quarry was involved, but it was all surrounding um, clusters in advanced manufacturing and plastics recycling. So that is one of the cross-cutting measures. Then we have some more place-based strategies, which includes the West 12th Street Corridor revitalization, uh, neighborhood transformation in an equitable manner, um, downtown revitalization, you know, the business corridor. So they're put into seven different buckets, some of them being cross-cutting throughout the county, some of them more place-based uh, surrounding the Erie Corps. And if people want to see the list of 35, is there a place they can go to see that? They absolutely can. So um, currently the playbook is on the Nonprofit Partnerships website, yournpp.org, and it's under the Resources tab. It's available online. So when we come back, we're going to talk about how much guidance and cooperation between all sorts of entities it will take to execute the vision of this playbook and how it's different from other city-county strategies we might have heard about in the past. Stay with us. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome back to The Insider. We're talking about Erie's inclusive growth, a new playbook for the influx of funding that is coming Erie's way right now, the whole region's way, really, and about the upcoming Erie Gives with Karen Billowith, President and CEO of the Erie Community Foundation, Kim Thomas, Director for Erie's Inclusive Growth. So, uh, Kim, you gave us the foundation here, this playbook. Um, how much guidance and cooperation is this taking between all sorts of entities here? Um, and how much will it continue to take to execute the vision of this? And, you know, we've seen a lot of strategies, um, you know, Erie refocused and so on over the years. So how's this different from that? So collaboration is key in this, and it has been from the beginning. Um, to help keep that collaboration, that momentum going, the initiative is made up of a steering committee has been formed. Um, it's Karen is the chair of the steering committee. Also, the mayor and the county executive sit on that. Um, Gary Lee from the Diverse Erie uh, 
Commission. Um, also, James Grunke from the private sector, Chris Marsh from Erie Insurance. I mean, you have a whole host, uh, Berkey Ferrati from the Jefferson, Perry Wood from ECRA. So we really have aligned the public, private, and civic sectors around the table to ensure that that collaboration is happening. And Karen, just interject here. That's quite a group. <laughs> Some strong personalities there. So how's the collaboration so far? So far, it's it's been going really well. I think what happened was in the beginning we all agreed that we have a shared vision for Erie's future and we have this unique opportunity right now to leverage the federal funding the state funding so that really inspired some of the collaboration um, it is hard work and Kim is really helping us work through that but I think we all recognize that we each have a role to play and when we put all of that together we um, are able to guarantee our success for Erie so I understand that this is all supposed to be held up by a central nerve center. So is that group the nerve center? What does the nerve center really mean? So the nerve center is really where I come into play. So I'm technically directing the nerve center. And it's really the day-to-day -day strategy building, project management, working with each of the organizations to identify the project pipeline, what's happening throughout the community, what discussions are happening surrounding those projects, and also what resources we might be able to help connect them to in order to uh, implement those strategies. Yeah, when you talk about the resources, I know Erie County Executive Brenton Davis has talked about leveraging funding, and a lot of other organizations have too, not just taking the federal funds that come now as a one-shot deal, but how can we make decisions or grant seeking that leverages that. So he's also created a fusion cell. So is that complementary? We know there were some bumps there in the beginning about whether he shared the vision of others. Yes, so I would say it is absolutely complementary. So while we have this set of identified projects for investment, um, he is working on a regional manner and also even more locally, hyper-locally at the municipal level. So he's working to identify opportunities to leverage up the local dollars to the federal level. Um, but yes, they're absolutely running side by side with one another. So uh, you, you mentioned your specific role, um, Karen, but what's the role of the Erie Community Foundation and, say, ECRA, for example, in, in supporting all of this? The role is um, of ECRA, the Community Foundation Erie Insurance, is really important in terms of our ability to um, support the work through philanthropic and contributed dollars. So as we put together the projects and then see where there are federal opportunities, um, federal funding opportunities, we also know that we need capital that is more flexible, and that's where philanthropy really comes in. And it, it was also the way that we were able to bring people together around the table initially because we could support the work of Bruce Katz, for example, and some of the initial efforts to get us started. So it, it often is the case where philanthropic and civic parti participation can kind of innovate and explore, and then we can get support through public funding. So I don't want to be negative in any way by asking this question, but I mean, some people think maybe that all of this working together, rowing together, investing is kind of coming late because we've already had such big population losses. And now there's this confusion in the marketplace about working, working from home, um, you know. So, so at this moment, um, does that make your work extra challenging or does this give you even, does this enhance the vision because you know how important it is to grow the region? So it's definitely difficult work, but I think it does help us enhance what we're trying to do here. And I think we have come a long way, and when I say we, I mean the Erie community has come a long way, I'd say probably in the past decade in terms of really working together, knowing the importance of leveraging the local dollars. Um, and I think we're just e extending that even further. So if the playbook works, 
and we're winning the game, if you will, how will the average person know that? What will they see? What do you hope they see? I hope they see um, better quality of life. I hope they see new home ownership opportunities for themselves or opportunities in general for themselves, whether it be uh, in the workforce or you know, living, education. Um, I hope they see that we were able to bring a disproportionate amount of outside funding into this community to help improve their lives. Okay, when we come back, we're going to turn our attention to Erie Gives, the 12th annual coming up very soon, August 9th, how it all got started and what's different this year. We hope you'll stay with us. Welcome back again to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. We're going to turn our attention now to the upcoming Erie Gives. My guests again, Karen Billowith, President and CEO of the Erie Community Foundation. Kim Thomas, Director for Erie's Inclusive Growth, hanging around here with us for a while. So Erie Gives, let's uh, talk about the history, which is interesting with you because you were not here back then, but I know it started out as a one-day of giving idea back in 2011. It was the 75th anniversary of the Erie Community Foundation, but I'm sure now that you're on board, you understand how much this has grown. It's incredible. And this will be my first Erie Gives. So I'm very excited to experience it firsthand. And yes, over the 11 years, the effort has grown considerably. We are really excited. Last year, we raised over $7 million for more than 400 nonprofits. So this is an incredibly generous community. And coming in from the outside, that was really evident to me, um, both in my work through the Community Foundation, but just to know that Erie Gives in one day, 12 hours, raises that much money for our local nonprofits, that speaks volumes. Yeah, we have a little bit of B-roll here, as we call it, from the uh, last year's Erie Gives. Uh, I, I know what's particularly interesting about that record-setting year, the seven million last year, was this is going on during a global pandemic, people still being that generous. Why do you think that is? I think the pandemic really inspired people to figure out ways that they could support their community. Everybody was feeling the impacts in different ways. And Erie Gives is really a way that anyone can participate with just a gift of $25. You can help become part of a larger collective effort, which um, adds up to 10,000 gifts and $7 million. So I think the prorated match, if you will, the idea that you can leverage in the same way that Kim was talking about <laughs> leveraging. Uh, I think it was 75000 that first year to match the 75th anniversary. So what's that pool up to now? And explain how that works. I know you had the kickoff in, in Perry Square not long ago. We did. And we're very excited this year to have a match pool of $470,000. So that is one of the largest ever in Erie Gives history. And the Community Foundation demonstrates its commitment to our community uh, through a $250,000 contribution to that match pool. And then we have additional corporate sponsors who contribute as well. So that brings it up to $470,000. And the way that it works is every gift that is made gets matched on a prorated basis. So at the end of the day, we figure out across the board how much to add to each nonprofit organization's total. So every donor's gift gets a percentage of that prorated match, and it, it really is a motivation for contributions. Yeah, and talk about motivation. I mean, I think the idea behind this, it was maybe modeled after some other cities, Pittsburgh, uh, I'm not sure where else, Chicago. I think the idea was to get younger people involved in philanthropy because they're very digitally oriented, and they go online, click a button, pick their 
uh, things. And I think that's been a big success here. But new this year, you have some other motivations besides the prorated match, and that is an hourly bonus of some kind. And Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. It, there are giving days throughout the country, and really that is the motivation and the inspiration. It's a way to raise awareness about all of the great nonprofits in our community to a wider audience. So it, it's a way that nonprofit organizations can be introduced to new donors, so that's really important. And the online giving aspect of it does tend to increase participation from younger and different audiences. This year we wanted to also give the opportunity for smaller groups, um, smaller businesses to be able to participate in sponsorship. And we did that by creating hourly incentives. So throughout the day, a nonprofit will be drawn randomly um, from the participating nonprofits, and they will receive an extra gift that is supported by different businesses in our community. So they can also encourage giving, because if it's a business where there's walk-in traffic, they can talk about their participation in area gifts. And I'm, I'm involved, it's no secret, with the Erie Philharmonic, and we're always, everybody's very competitive about where are we on the list as, as the eight hours of, as the day, 12 hours of the day goes on. So uh, there's also a bonus for whichever nonprofit ends up uh, at number one by the end of the day, right? Actually, the bonus at the end of the day is for the nonprofit with the most donors. Ah. So this is another way that we're trying to really promote new givers and more givers to so give what you can afford exactly and, okay yeah. understood well when we come back if you have forgotten how it works we're going to talk about how many nonprofits benefit and how you can give stay with us Welcome back once again to The Insider. It's been all about investing in Erie's future today with Karen Billowith and with Kim Thomas, director for Erie's new inclusive growth playbook for transformational projects. So uh, last year, even in the pandemic, as you said, 438 nonprofits benefited, raising $7 million in one day. Um, I know you have a lot of activity on your website that day. Talk a little bit about how many people log on because they're not just giving from Erie, right? It's amazing. We see people giving and coming onto the website from all 50 states and over 30 different countries. So people throughout the world are participating in Erie Gives. Most of them have connections back to Erie. All of the nonprofits that participate serve Erie County and the broader region. So even though people are giving from across the globe, they're all supporting Erie County nonprofits. Kim, how do you see this aligning with what you do? I mean, it, it does raise awareness for everybody about many things that are going on in the community if they just do go on that website. It absolutely does, and it's so critical that the entire community is getting behind the work that these nonprofits and various organizations are doing. And again, that allows us to be able to tell the story that not only is the state and federal government investing in Erie, our own people, the members of our own community are investing in the life that they want to live here. You have a a family, do you think this catches the mind of, of even really young givers that they can pick the ones they want to give to? Absolutely, yeah, they see what's going on in Erie and they want to find a way that they can be involved in that. And so if they can just give $25 to one nonprofit organization that means a lot to them, I think that that's critical. All right, so to remind you how it does work, it is a one day of giving, but there are a number of different ways that people can give. Uh, so let's take a look at a little graphic here and, and talk through these, uh, Karen. So it is August 9th, that's a Tuesday, from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So 
Talk us through how to give. Do most people do the giving online? People do a combination. Most people do give online. So eriegives.org, you see that on your screen. And when you go to the Erie Gives website, you can actually look through all of the 400 plus nonprofits. So you can explore a little bit if you're passionate about animals or the environment, but you don't know a particular nonprofit, you can actually explore and find the one that you would like to give to. You can give to more than one. We also encourage giving by check. We ask that people deliver their checks to our office by August 8th. And a lot of people do choose to do that. And then for those donors who have um, an IRA, they can give through their IRA. We ask that they call our office to find out more information about that or talk with their advisor. And really exciting is that, again, this is a way that so many more people can participate. People can buy a dollar or $5 acorn at Country Fair and support Erie Gives that way. And those add up as well because last year, Country Fair's total contribution to Erie Gives was about $35,000. So I know at the beginning when you were doing this as an online thing for some older people or maybe less tech savvy, um, they were calling in. You had a, quite a few people taking uh, pledges. So uh, what, how does that work now? Do people still call in or do you walk them through the online giving process? How do you, how do you help people? Nope. Thank you for that reminder. Absolutely. People can call our office and um, we can answer their questions and they can make their contribution over the phone. So there, there's really multiple avenues so there's no reason not to participate. So you said this is going to be your first Erie Gives Day. I mean, how many people does it take to pull this day off? Well, <laughs> many. And I, I really have to give a shout out to all of our team at the Community Foundation because it's not just day of that they are putting in 100%, but leading up to this, it's a lot of behind the scenes work and effort so that we can build the match pool, set up all of the profiles for the nonprofit organizations, and then um, get, get it the word out. And, and you have to have some extra computers around that day as well? We do. So we have nine servers that we set up to spearhead all of this. We certainly wouldn't want somebody to go online and try to make a gift and have the computer crash. So that's, that's how we do it. It's fantastic. And you know, the other thing I would say is for each of the nonprofit organizations, they really do a great job individually of raising awareness. So if you drive throughout the community now, you'll see Support Us Through Erie Gives, the Philharmonic you mentioned, all organizations, and, and they are joining us in this effort, but it's really about the nonprofits. So um, they're helping us to raise awareness is helping them raise those dollars. And you have a, and it, and you have a pretty cool ad running as well. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, so we're down to about the last minute here, so make your last pitch, uh, Karen, about why people should support their favorite nonprofits on Erie Gives Day. Well, I, I think what we've been talking about throughout this time is the quality of life in Erie. We all agree that we have a great quality of life. That is thanks in large part to our over 400 participating nonprofits and to the work that we're doing through the inclusive recovery. That's really big picture, but at the very micro level, these nonprofits help improve our life every single day. And that's really the reason why everybody should contribute just a bit. Kim, what mark would you give her for that? Oh, 100. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks to both of you for being here. Uh, Kim, for enlightening us on the new playbook and the long view. And uh, Karen, for getting us excited about Erie Gives Day. We hope you like it as much as the community does. <laughs> and thank you, as always, for joining us. If you have an idea for us to explore on the Insider, just email me at ladams at erienewsnow.com. 
and join us again next time for The Insider.